Welcome back to another episode of the Double XP Weekend Podcast. It's been a hot minute since we've last recorded an episode. Uh, I think it's blown out to a month or two now, but I've been busy doing other projects. One of those projects being a football podcast, which brings a special guest today. We've got my good friend Yoni, who is one of the hosts of Football Down Under podcast. And how are you today, my friend? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's nice to have a little bit of a chat about something other than football as well. Um, yep. And as I'm sure you're aware, I'm a, an avid, avid fan of this series of games, which you'll introduce. And I'm, I, yeah, definitely keen to jump on board and have a chat. Yeah, this will be uh, very interesting because Yoni is a very big fan of Final Fantasy, uh, like myself. But where we align on some opinions, we also have very different opinions on some things, which should make this a pretty balanced discussion. But uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy 16. We are a bit behind on, I guess you could say, the schedule of things. Uh, the game's been out for be about a bit over a month now, I think. So that means we got the license to talk about spoilers as well, because everyone <laughs> should be deep enough into the game now. But yes, yes, definitely got to give the spoiler warnings right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, there will be spoilers, yeah. no doubt. But we'll kick off talking about early expectations. Uh, pretty much, what did you expect the game was going to be like, or what were you hoping? based on the news and the trailers that were fed before release? Yeah. So, I mean, initially, I wasn't actually sure what to expect. I, I didn't pay that much attention to begin with in regards to um, the progress of making the game, um, you know, and the mechanics that they're going to come up with for the game itself. I did know that it was going to be um, more of a fantasy-based um, Final Fantasy, which is definitely my element. I, I much prefer the fantasy um, aspect of Final Fantasy compared to, let's say, a post-apocalyptic or a futuristic setting, you know, for example, Final Fantasy 13. Like, I uh, wasn't yeah. a big fan of that kind of um, at atmosphere. So that's one thing I was really looking forward to. Um, aside from that, I, again, I didn't really know that much, but as things were getting nearer and nearer, I, could, I started hearing a little bit of, you know, discussion in regards to the um, the gameplay. So things like, you know, the fact that you, you don't really control your party members, there's no open world map, things like that. And that did actually give me a bit of a, uh, I guess it, it put a bit of doubts in, in my mind in regards to the game, but <laughs> you know me, I uh, am a big Final Fantasy fan, especially the main games. I will play every one of the main games. Um, so I, I, I was always going to give this one a go. Um, and then, yeah, the demo came out, played a little bit of the demo, obviously, um, and I enjoyed most of it. I thought storyline-wise, the demo really captivated me. I thought, you know, it kind of left you on a cliffhanger, so you wanted to see more. Um, but it, it did also put a, a bit of... Um, it did put me off a little bit as well because it was very cutscene heavy, the demo. Yep. And yeah, that, that a bit was of foreshadowing for the main game as well. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I mean, we'll discuss that a bit more, but yes, for sure. Yeah, I was in the same boat. Like I kept out. I kept up with some of the news because um, the first thing that caught my attention was the um, reinvention of the combat system, which was and still is one of the main talking points. Uh, it was gonna well. For years now, they've been venturing away from the classic turn-based uh, combat system that we know from the early, early games. And this was heading towards a more of a action that you'd see in a God of War game or Devil May Cry, which, uh, yeah, is where the combat designer come from. I think he worked on Devil May Cry at 5. But in terms of the story, I wasn't... Uh, getting much of a vibe from it. Uh, you know, medieval fantasy is a bit of a touch and go thing for me. And by the looks of it, it was going to be a very dark undertone. Uh, the 
cute relationships and love stories that get intertwined uh, that remind you of something you'd see in like an anime show or movie are uh, one of the things I like in the Final Fantasy storytelling. But it wasn't as heavy as I expected. And then in terms of the demo, it did give you a good sample of what the story was going to be like in terms of the heaviness of it and the little bit of tragedy that gets involved. So it showed that it was going to be able to pull on the heartstrings. Yeah, it did leave you wanting more, like you said. But the uh, heavy amount of cutscenes was quite irritating, and it's just something that you come to get used to with the main part of the game. Yes, and um, that part of it actually reminded me a lot of Kingdom Hearts, which is probably the game that, like the third one, sorry, the, the game that I've probably have experienced the most cutscenes ever. I remember in Kingdom Hearts, there was a cutscene that was about 40 minutes. It wasn't just one, but it was, you know, one part then flowing into another part of the story and into another one. Yeah. And it was 40 minutes where I was just wanting to save the game so I can go somewhere and I just couldn't. And um, I was definitely getting those vibes <laughs> with this game. Um, but it, I, I do think it got better and we'll, we'll get to that, but yeah. Yeah, I just think it's the uh, their way of storytelling in a way. Um, like because it's a Japanese game, well, from its roots, their way of storytelling can be quite drawn out, and you got to look at different ways to putting that message across when you turn something into a game. And cutscenes can be the easy way to do that. But we'll talk about the actual game itself, not the movies that we get to watch. What do you think of the graphics, this being a next-gen only game and so far only out on the PlayStation 5? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really good. Um, it, it's kind of an interesting topic to discuss because um, so the graphics themselves, I think, were always going to be very, very good. Uh, if there's one thing I can always trust um, Square Enix with, it's that they're going to really provide you, especially when it's the first kind of game in the new gen, they're really going to push it to the limits of what they can do at this point. Um, so in regards to that, I thought it was really good. Things like, you know, you'd be on one part of the map, in, in like the world map, and um, you're viewing north. And then even though it's a different part of the map and you can't actually go there directly, you can still see actually like a city that's there and it's in quite a bit of details. So you see the crystals, etc. So actual graphics, I thought it was really good. Um, world design, the, the way that they've kind of set it up, um, you know, this was a big worry of mine because I love open world, um, Final Fantasy as well, you know, things yeah. like, Final Fantasy Nine, like that's pretty open world. Obviously, then you go into where you can sink like a hundred hours just into exploring, exploring, and and that was a big thing for me. And you know, we'll get to that. But that was one thing that is important to me when it comes to Final Fantasy is the exploring and the quests leading to exploration. Um, and you know, recently I've played like God of War, Horizon, and things like that, and they're they're really like full of world exploration. You know, you can pretty much do anything. You you know, and um. One of the issues I guess I had with Final Fantasy 16 is that even let's say I'm on a map and I'm exploring and it's there's still quite a bit of a linear way of exploration. Um, you know, you might need to follow a path and you can't even climb up the hill or you can't even jump down like two meters into the next part of the path or the stairs or whatever the case is. So things like that I didn't enjoy. Um and I felt that they were quite limiting. But I do think that as the game actually progressed and you you, you found more, um, you know, you're exploring more parts of the map, um, they all also start then connecting to one another. And it gave me a really, like, kind of like the Final Fantasy X vibe where you'd have different parts of the world and then, the, you know, you move on to the next one, you move on to the next one. And you really could do that actually with this game at the end. And, and it ended up making the world map actually feel like a world map you may not yeah. be exploring from the top like you do with the old school ps1 and snes games and this and that but it felt like a world map because you're actually exploring everything yeah i definitely agree with that um i like how you said about the side missions which push you to explore i think 
like looking back in hindsight, that just caters to the wider crowd because there's people like me and you who like these games for the explorations. But there are people who are coming to this game that haven't played Final Fantasy before that would be perfectly happy with the linear adventure based around the main story and not needing to explore. But if you wanted to explore and you do all those side missions, it kind of forces you to explore and see more of the world, which I thought was pretty good. Um, the actual design of the world itself, I thought it was stunning. Um, yeah, not sure what to expect with the Final Fantasy games because there've been so many. They kind of cover every type of biome that you can think of. Final Fantasy Fifteen was visually stunning as well. Um, and in terms of the graphics itself, I was impressed. Uh, it's pretty standard for the next-gen expectations that we've got now. I think I spoiled it for myself a bit because I have played the MMO on PC, which I play on Max Graphics, so it wasn't as much of a leap for me as it was for maybe yourself who went from 15 and Final Fantasy VII Remake to 16. But yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's uh, pretty good and... Square Enix don't like to cut corners. They're obviously pushing themselves as far as they can. That's why they didn't allow this game to be released on PS4 because they didn't want to downscale it just to cater for those people. Yeah. And I think, it, I mean, if you look at, you know, the crater that you see that you kind of like, you can only walk a, a little part of it, obviously, because you're, you're heading towards that village. Um, it's kind of close to the end of the game. I forget the name. But like, yeah. there's that big crater. And that looks beautiful. Like you couldn't make that look as good as that if it wasn't PS4, obviously. Yep. Um, so that's like the positive, but at the same time, imagine how cool it would have been if we could actually walk around the crater and actually see all around it. Like that would be sick. So that's the positive and the negative of kind of the world yeah. map and graphics, I'd say. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of wasted space, I guess you could call it. Um, there's a lot of, um, like there's like farmland and stuff where there'd be like one building there and you'd go up to that building and it's essentially just an empty block. You like, you can't yes. enter, yeah. enter the building. Um, I think there's a lot of lost opportunity with some of those things, but yeah, there's only so much that you can fit in when they've put in a lot of attention to detail. So I got over that pretty quickly. Um, what about the characters? Um, a lot of outside of Clive, there's a lot of main characters. Uh, as you come to learn, as you play through the game, they're not just popping in and out. They tend to stick around for most of the story, if not the whole story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, design-wise, I thought that, that they were all designed quite well. Um, one thing I really liked is I felt that each character that has an Akon as... You know, they, they kind of represent them in the way that they look as well. And it's not necessarily just a physical kind of look, but it's also like what they wear and things like that. So like, you, you know, like Clive and Joshua wear a little bit of red because they obviously have the fire kind of acons. And then you have like um, Jill, she wore white. Hugo was a big guy, looks like a Titan. So things like that was really cool in regards to the design of the characters. Um, and, and also, I guess the the change in their look from when they were younger to when they were older as well. I think, you know, Clive kind of looked a lot cleaner when he was younger, but then because of life and everything that's happened, he looked a bit messier. It, it looked aged, which I, I thought was yeah. quite a cool thing. Um, they really did that well, but, and at the same time, they actually kept their, like their clothing and things like that actually still felt modern. If you look at Joshua, Joshua's clothes as he was older felt like, something you'd even see sometimes on the street now if you go you know to japan or you go to taiwan and things like that so it, it was actually pretty cool um the characters themselves i i, th I thought were really good but um I i'll discuss that a bit more when we talk about the story because I, I, there's quite a, a a lot of stuff i like about the characters and how they affect the story yep but yeah the, that's right um there's a lot of recurring characters. They became essentially your main cast and you do 
well, I found myself getting quite invested in them. Even um, some of the characters you do side quests for, like um, Karen from the shop, when you start to learn about her backstory and stuff like that. So, oh, definitely, definitely. Karen and also Martha. Is it Martha? Was that her name? Yeah, from yeah. Martha's Rest. Yeah, so all of those characters, the ones you, you're right, where you do the actually recurring side quests that are more than just, hey, walk over here and do this for me, but the ones yeah. where you actually go and help them um, was really good. Like th- there was one side quest, I think the one that kind of hit me the most in regards to that's a cool side quest and you learn a lot about the, the world is actually the one where, um, you know, what the town where there's the brothel. Yeah. Um, and afterwards you head towards the big city that has a crystal. I forgot the name, but you head towards there and there's a little kid and his dad and the, the dad's like, Oh, can you go and save my son from the wolf or whatever? And you go and you try to save the son. And then you, t- you, you find out that. Oh, that asshole. <laughs> yeah. That they're actually trying to get all the, the, um, branded, murdered by the wolf like so they're trapping them because they want to see the brandons die so like in regards to like side characters and kind of making us understand how they fit into the world that they're living in i thought it was really well done yep i thought it was very clever because i i don't know i i won't say i had no intention of getting so attached to them but like it's kind of snuck up on me where I was like very invested in their story. Um, and I was like, oh, this guy, like, um, is it Dion? He he had like the Dragoon Lancer icon. Yes, Dion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Like him, I thought, oh, yeah, we've like killed him, whatever. But then they ended up nurturing him and he ends up becoming a part of your little family there. And it's like, oh, this guy's sticking around and ends up helping you out a bit. Yeah, and he's actually a great example as well of a character you're rooting for because even in the beginning, initially you think he's going to be bad and this and that, but then you see actually his conflict with his dad and um, the mum, whose name I forget. But um, so you you really see that he's trying to do good. And then, you know, when you find out about why he's killed everyone as Bahamut, like, so it was really interesting and it was great to see him come back and kind of get his redemption. So, yeah, I I agree. I, I thought... Dion's actually a great character. I think of all the characters, I think Ultima was the one that I like had the least attraction to. Like in terms of a main villain, I wasn't so concerned about him, but more focused on how Clive was getting through his story. Yeah. I think Ultima is very much like almost all the final bosses that exist in Final Fantasies, especially the, the actually the PS1 days. Um I, 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 and the PS2. I feel like you always get that last final boss that you somehow need to fight like three or four times and, you know, they just want to end the world and this and that. But it's the journey that gets us there is what's more interesting to me when it comes to Final Fantasy. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, the story. Did you like the story overall? Yeah, I, um, I quite enjoyed it. I, I actually... You, you touched on it before, but the part that I enjoyed the most about the story was actually more about the personal relationships between the characters rather than the war that was happening and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you Which know, is like interesting because everyone's first opinion of Clive was that he was going to be such a boring lead. Yes, and he wasn't. And it, it, and it's not just because Clive develops, you know, and this and that. It's actually the things that happened to him and and with Joshua specifically that helped develop Clive. So like, you know, for example, it, it, he had this whole idea where he was going to be the shield slash protector. And then he needed Joshua to come back for him to understand that they're actually in it together. They're brothers. And then to actually have Joshua be the one who actually makes the sacrifice rather than Clive. Like, so that part of the story I thought was super, you know, um, I really, I, I thought Hugo and Benedicta, like I love their relationship because it makes sense that once she was murdered, he would go crazy and would want to kill them and this and that. So these kind of things affected, like, yes, there's war, but there's a reason behind the war. It's not just, oh, I just want to make, you know, I want to hurt them. It's not just that. Um, Yeah, and as the story progressions, it becomes a war against 
um Ultima, which is the higher entity rather than a war against um opposing regions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, so in regards to that, I really did enjoy the story. I was confused at times with the war to begin with. Like I think the first half of the game when they were talking about like this area and this city and this guy and this guy, it was a bit too much for me because I feel like there were three or four different invaders, let's say. Um, but once you get rid of a couple of them, things start making a little bit more sense. Yep. Um, I thought the story was pretty good. Considering I had this massive negative approach to the game was going to be enjoyable, but the story wasn't going to reflect a Final Fantasy story. I enjoyed it, and it did have enough homages to a Final Fantasy story that fits in with the main titles quite well. Um, the character progression gets you invested in the story, the understanding the reasons why everything's happened. Like you said, it definitely gets you immersed in everything that's happening. And the, the relationships, uh, yeah, they create quite a good story arc. Um, we don't get the whole love triangle that... Um, say like a Tidus and Yuna had where he's doing it all f for the girl type thing. Yeah, yeah. But he does have um, a bit of a lovey-dovey relationship, but it's also his relationships with his brother and those around him. And, of course, Torgal has his own little stories as well, which is quite cool. Yeah, and, and you're right as well. Like, and Clive doesn't just have a relationship, you know, with his brother and with Jill. It's like you were saying before the side quests. You know, he has a relationship with Martha. He has a relationship with Karen and with, um, you know, Karen's like the helper. I forget his name, the the big guy. So yeah, he actually, you know, because you're doing several different types of quests with them, whether they're in the main story or in the side in the side quests, you end up actually building a rapport with so many people that it it matters you know yep. um the, the other thing as well i, I thought storyline wise and you know the game in general i thought it was really good to actually make the acons matter uh you know you're playing final fantasy 10 you play whatever 11 12 you're just using them as weapons and and that's kind of it in final fantasy 9 yes they were a bit more important because um you use them obviously i'm oh, sorry like the queen uses them and this and that but it actually felt like they were important to the story here which obviously they were and then the thing that that made me really happy about is that ifrit is actually an important acon you know like every other game ever you get him first or second and then you forget about him yeah but I had him all the way to the end as well in terms of the ability side of things yeah, and, and it's really good. Like, it's really interesting to actually have that, you know, like, and, and and you can power him up so that way he's not just, like, left behind, not just him, but Shiva and whatever. So I, I was, yeah, very happy about that part too. Yeah, I think that they accomplished that quite well because of the, how they integrate him into um, the other characters' stories as well. Yeah. Um, whereas, like I said, if they were just monsters in a world or weapons at your disposal you have less of an investment into why they're there and they become more of a feature rather than a character in the game yeah that's a great way to say it that's true yeah um and with the side missions i think they're important to seeing the full range of character from clive we got that opinion that he was going to be a bit brooding and blunt from all the trailers that we've seen and for a lot of the game, you do see he has that hard edge to him. But when you do the side quests to see uh, the full range of storyline, you see that he does have that softer side. Uh, he does have emotions. But there's a reason because of the role he takes up in the world that he has to put up that hard front for a majority of the time. I just realized there's one character we didn't mention that we really should have. Ah, uh, Sid. Yeah, he was actually a great, like, you know, obviously you compare Sids to other Sids in, in different games as well. And I thought he was really one of the, the best ones because he was important, but he also helped Clive grow again as, as a person and then as a leader and things like that. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I thought Sid was a great character and I was happy to see kind of the story continue with Mid, you know, and her side quests in regards to, you know, Sid being her dad and wanting to make him proud and this and that. So, yeah. And you, there was a lot of stuff that Clive didn't know about Sid as well until towards the end of his storyline. And that's again, because of the role he plays in the world, he can't really let people in. He has to, yeah, put up that hard front and not let people close to him type thing. Yeah. But yeah, uh, overall, story was pretty good. But the big talking point, um, because it was such a big change and it's constantly changing, is the action-focused combat system. Um, they took, I can't remember his exact role, but he was like the combat director from Devil May Cry 5. And you can definitely see heavily influences from that battle style in the way this game plays out. But did you enjoy the changes? Yeah, look, I, I was worried initially. <laughs> Definitely, um, you know, it's not what you're used to when it comes to Final Fantasy. That, like, that's a, a given. But, you know, because we had Final Fantasy VII, it had like a slight change already to that. Um, so yeah. you can kind of be a bit more open with this. And I was, I was happy, generally speaking, very happy with the way everything was done. But I did have some problems you know I, I mentioned to you before i don't like that it feels like elemental damage it, it like it barely makes a difference depending on who you're fighting against and things like that like if i'm fi fighting someone who's fire i wish i could use water and like strategize that part so i use water and it hurts them a lot more so yeah. i felt like that was missing that's something i quite enjoyed in past final fantasy games um and then you know, like when Torgul and Joshua are healing you while you're fighting and you're getting like 30 or 40 HP, but you're getting hit for 700, 800. <laughs> so yeah. like that kind of felt useless in a way. Um, so it, it would have been good if there were ways you can kind of change that um, or, you know, power them up. So the healing's a bit better and like significantly better, I'd say. Um, but in regards to the actual system, I, I liked the, the way that it was done. I liked the fact that you know you, you can make it easy for yourself by having the several rings that really do help or you can um challenge yourself remove them you know try learn the blocking by yourself at the right time um you know if if you um you kind of have the same strategy against every like most people i'd say but there are still some um battles that you you get on that you just can't do the same strategy like you know so, some people or some monsters you just you can't just dash 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 wait to have a limit break go limit break and then dash 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 like you can't do it with some of them so there was definitely a little bit of a good element there i wish there was more strategy to it but aside from that i was happy like i was i played what 40 hours let's say 50 hours and i dashed away and enjoyed it so yeah i think the strategy side to things would have made it mix up a bit because i found later in the game where i had everything essentially down packed um when i close to all the icons unlocked and stuff i just found myself mixing things up and trying to make combos that looked cool um which probably stretched out battles longer than they should have <laughs> um but yeah i thought the combat system was great um I think the way they integrated that with um, what do you call them? Quick time events in major battles was quite good. Yes, yeah. Um, sure. Kind of required you to be a bit attentive when they do those. Um, they're kind of like a miniature cutscene um, in between battles, which well, in between battle sequences. Sorry. So, well, what did you think about the? the Akon battles though. Oh yeah, I thought they were really good. I'm glad that we didn't have to do them all the time though. Um they would have been a bit uh a bit of a drainer having to do them every single major fight, but I think they did the right amount. I um some of them I wasn't as big of a fan of compared to others. Like I really enjoyed the Titan one for example. Um I enjoyed the Shiva one. Was it Shiva? You fight Shiva? But I didn't like the Bahamut one. Yep. And I and I didn't like the first one when it's Ifrit against Phoenix. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't 
really like that one. I would spit. It's just that you keep on, you have to keep on shooting and it's kind of annoying. I like it when you, you know, sometimes you have to shoot, sometimes you have to get real close to attack them. I like it when you have a bit more to it. Yeah. Um, like the shooting with no consequence where you just like button mashing. Yeah, exactly. Like I can hold down triangle and it'll just shoot, 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 shoot. (laughs) But that, but aside from that, like against, yeah, Titan against, um, who else? Remote? Did we fight remote? No, we didn't. Obviously, but whoever it was, it, I thought that was quite good. Ah, uh, Odin. Like against Odin was really good, and that was actually I found that to be a bit of a a tough one too. So, yeah, I thought they were good flexes on the um the graphic power as well. Yeah, uh, for sure. There was just like so much going on. It was at times a bit overwhelming, like for all the right reasons. Yeah, if you have epilepsy, you can't play this game. I feel oh, hundred percent. You know, uh, there were, there were a couple battles where a lot happened, and I rewatched them on YouTube just so I could like rewind bits because some of them just go so fast. It's like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But yeah, uh, overall yeah, happy with it. Uh, the lack of control over your party members uh, was a bit annoying as well. Because there were times where I w- wish I could have them be a bit more defensive or focus on healing. Um, or times where, like, where you scare your opponent, you, like, force them all to attack like you do with Torgle. That would have been good. Mm, yeah. And also having some sort of control over your party members as well. Because uh, I know at points you have Jill and Joshua but maybe if you could have brought like that big guy um, that helps out Martha, he would have been fun to hang out with. Or yeah, so like the... actually having the opportunity to decide who comes with you. Yeah, um, yeah. That, I mean, I agree. That would have been a lot of fun, especially if like that's one of those small things that you know. Let's say you do that, and it just changes like a little bit of a line here and there in regards to what happens in the next part of the story. Like that'd be cool you know yeah because i thought that was going to happen near the end when you picked up that guy from martha's rest who wanted to like learn from you yes and yeah instead yeah. he just like hung out outside your room <laughs> yeah no i i agree and i think there was also i think it was close to the end or just when you're about to fight ultima that there's a point where um everyone stands in front of the big door and i thought you would actually be going and choosing who's going to come with you but you actually don't and yeah yeah um, what'd you love about the game overall? I'd say the biggest part was the characters and how, like, like the as I said, the relationships between the characters and how they grow and things like that. I actually thought that was really well done. Um, and at the end of the game, I really enjoyed the world map. Like in the beginning, I didn't like it because um, a lot of the parts were small, but. You know, even now, like I, I finished the game, but there's still parts of the world map that I can actually still go and explore because they were not open prior, and now they are. So there's they're, they're the two big, big things. Obviously, relaying characters and story can kind of come together, but there's part of the story I didn't like, like I told you about the war and this and that. But um, yeah, yeah the, the, those are the main things that I really enjoy. Yeah, I can't believe how much I love the story, um, and mainly for the same reasons, like the whole character relationship side of things um i really liked the way clive and josh's story played out um i did like the when they had that moment together near the end uh where they said they fight together reminded me of dragon ball z yeah yeah, uh, Yeah. uh, there's a lot of homages to um popular culture as well like you said yourself there's uh influences from game of thrones um i've felt a lot of influences from zelda games um there's a lot of feelings that you get from anime shows which makes it quite an enjoyable experience so yeah the storytelling was a big favorite of mine um the icons i absolutely love them and of course the combat system I, i was very keen on the combat system from the very start being a fan of devil may cry but the way they've made that work has been very good yeah i i agree i i, I quite liked all of those aspects as well and um 
oh, there was one other thing that I really enjoyed and now I forgot about it. So we'll just move on. <laughs> what what did you hate? Ah, oh, mate. All right. So as I said, a bit too much war story in the beginning where I got confused. That was one thing that I was kind of like, but maybe it's not hate. Maybe it was just like I was indifferent to that. Um, I told you a, a big part was the, the side quests, especially in the first half, didn't really lead to anything. Like, you know, I, I would like I would do a side quest in order to go and see a place, right? But I wouldn't go see a place and find a side a side quest there. And that's yeah. kind of like a thing that I, I didn't like because I love exploring by myself and then finding a side quest that, that might affect what I'm doing or might do this and that. And, and and then the problem that this game had with side quests, they progressed the narrative at some points here and there, but firstly any quest that makes me go from one side of the hideout to the next and then back to the first one like annoys me i don't understand like there's no point you can just make that like uh an actual cutscene. you're here then you're there then you're there rather than me having to spend a minute walking to the other side coming back and then the rewards were just disappointing like you you didn't really get any big weapons it's like five gill and a potion like I, I, like and that never changed throughout the game as you went yeah. further, further so th- that was probably um the 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 big negatives in regards to side quests and then the other thing um that i didn't like it just at parts didn't really feel final fantasy like some parts definitely do but some don't and just to uh, give an example like a marlboro is not called a marlboro or like there's no Tonberry. There's no Cactar. Like, these are little things that have been in almost every game. And it would have just been nice to, like, have that. You know, like, even if one of the hunts was a Tonberry. Like, that'd be cool. You know? Yeah. Speaking of hunts, that, I love I those like, as well. But, yeah. No references to the Tonberry. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a bit disappointing. Because, uh, you know, I feel like as somebody who's played these games for 22 years now, you actually do look forward to, like, oh, let's try to fight a Tonberry you know especially with the way they had like a hunt system yeah i think he was a hunt in um final fantasy 15 like i think there were normal ones and then there was like a master tonberry or whatever it was called that you would fight and it was a hunt uh with the marlboros though i think that was its original name was it i don't even yeah they what did they call it in this game oh i can't remember but after the very first boss, like where was it in the demo even? In the demo, yeah. You... Yeah, people commented on it, and then I saw it in a thread that it was like four or five. They only called it Marlboro from then. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Actually, you're you're right. Or uh, Oscar, which is the same name as yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. I agree with you on the some of the side quests, though. There were a lot of fetch quests where that seemed pointless. You're essentially being the middleman for people's conversations. Yeah. Um, some of them were okay, though. Like, for example, I actually didn't mind the the ones in the, the little pub restaurant thing because you're not going far away. Like, you're still in the same area, and you're handing them their food, and you're talking to them. That's fine. It's more just the ones where I'm going you know i'm spending five minutes going to one place just to come back that was the the big one in regards to that yeah one. but the ones where you're in the one location annoyed me just as much just because it could have been all capsulated like in one cutscene. yeah yeah for sure but uh that was hugely annoying um and the uh crafting system like you picked up so much shit that i stopped keeping track of it um yeah like you've got so i don't know even know if there's like a inventory limit like you've got 600 pelts of something and it's all sitting there pointless and i didn't even bother selling any of it and i've still got like seven hundred thousand gill yeah and it's, <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> and it's all used for nothing that reminds yeah. me though of one other thing that i really did enjoy that there was no cooking involved 
Oh my god, I was so happy I didn't need to cook. Any game that involves like cooking stuff is annoying. Oh, so happy I didn't have to do it. <laughs> and then with the crafting, like every time there was like a new weapon in this uh, blacksmith, you'd go there and I'd already have the stuff for it so I could get it straight away. There was no challenge to having yeah. to find certain ingredients, which meant having to go out into the wild, finding where it is. Like, and some uh, of the ingredients, like if, so if you didn't have what you need, you actually could probably craft it because <laughs> you already collected so many things and then you can get it, so. Yeah, like that um, got a dam or whatever it's called, that big sword that you can get on your first playthrough, that actually needed specific items and you had to go find them through quests and um, hunts. And that was like the most enjoyable part of the crafting system, but they only did it the once. Yeah, and like you can you do like that a, again on the second playthrough, but you need like a leather or something. I don't remember what it was, or maybe a shell. There was something you needed, and it was really good. Yeah, like that. They could have done that so much more. That would have expanded the game a bit more. Especially but, if it leads to you exploring a part you may have not been to. Like that was close prior, but now is open. You know. Yeah, and also it gives you a sense of achievement around your weapons rather than. There's a new best weapon in the game and you can have it straight away type of yeah, thing. Yeah, correct. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much every talking point covered, unless there's anything you wanted to add in before we wrap it up into a final score. No, I, I think we've covered everything. I'm pretty happy. Uh, Yeah, so how do you rate the game overall? Where does it stand against other games in your opinion so it's quite a tough question isn't it because you, you kind of see it as two different ways at least i do one of them as a normal game so if this was a game i just picked up i didn't know final fantasy or anything like that i reckon i'd give it an eight out of ten maybe i thought it was really good generally speaking like we, what we just spoke about um so and i and i finished it obviously which is nice because if i don't enjoy a game i'm not going to finish it so i'd give it an eight out of ten in regards to that um, but if I judge it as a Final Fantasy, and I'm not saying the quality of the game, but comp but just like as a Final Fantasy game, to me, it would be like a 6 out of 10, probably. Um, really? Yeah. But I don't mean like, let, I don't, I, I'm not saying, let's say, for example, it's better or worse than 8 or whatever the case is, like whatever number, like or 12 or 15. I'm not saying it's better or worse than that, but I'm just, I mean more about like this feeling like a Final Fantasy game, Yeah, if, if that makes sense. So in regards to feeling like a Final Fantasy game, I'd give it a 6 out of 10. Um, but again, I really enjoyed it. So if you ask me like, you know, wh where does it rank in, in, your, in your games, like Final Fantasy ones, it'll be really tough to do because there's some that I love. I'd put it above 15, for example, um but it's something that only the test of like test of time will really let me know where it stands because you know you have nostalgia to seven eight nine five like five i played quite a bit i loved it you know um so yeah rank wise like it's good i have no issues with it it just not 100 feels like a final fantasy game yeah when i can how to think about this um because of how long it's been around, I kind of cut it off at 10 and everything I judge for Final Fantasy is based on whether it's pre or post Final Fantasy 10. Because um, I think that's where the tide started to change a bit and they wanted to start exploring um, more avenues for Final Fantasy as a franchise. That makes uh, sense. I mean, that you know, with 11 obviously being an MMO at the time. Yeah. Twelve so, kind of felt like it was going back to root, but it was still different because it had the a, not a similar story to this, but it had like the slightly darker story to it as well. Yeah, for so for the post ten era of Final Fantasy, I think this might be my favorite one. Um, not much to compete against with fifteen and stuff, so it's an easy win for it. Uh, as a game, yeah, I had it as an eight. Out of 10, I really wanted to give it a 9, but it does fall short with some of the emptiness and 
some uh some of the darker storylines not having that final fantasy vibe but that's in no way saying it's not a good game i think it's going to be up there for my game of the year based on what i've played so far this year so it's going to be a very interesting top 10 come december i think see i think eight is accurate because if if i think about it okay what what would be a 10 out of 10 for me right like a proper proper 10 out of 10 game and not moving outside of final fantasy so let's say stuff over the last five years or 10 years or whatever the case is i would think you know um horizon would be up there for me um the first god of war and maybe maybe that's it for now um and then if i looked at like nine out of tens right i would have shadow of mordor i think that like that's one of them and then i'd I'd be like is final fantasy 16 on a similar level as shadow of mordor to me and i'd say it's just below so it kind of has to be an eight that's the way i saw it yeah i think a very high eight seems pretty fair Mm, yeah yeah i can see that um I do actually think it's going to be interesting to see how they progress from this point, though. Uh, what yes, the next especially going to be? You but... see, uh, you know, obviously there's there's a vocal minority there about not liking the game, but apparently a lot of people do like it, and apparently it sold really well, and, and this and that. So it'll be interesting to see if they follow the follow suit and do this way. You know, especially considering they also have Final Fantasy VII um, Rebirth coming out, like that will cater more towards the existing fans. What would assume? Yeah, yeah, because the existing fan base who's been there since PS One, like there are people who would have been our age now back then playing it. So that that original fan base is probably lingering or dwindling at best. So I think their main objective was to bring in new players which leads to big direction changes so it'll be interesting to see where they go i think the way they're going is a good move though yeah look again enjoyable at the end of the day i'm happy with it so i think it was the right move to move forward and do this and um if you look at like 12 13 15 so the non-mmo ones there was kind of i'd say almost a decline in the way people reciprocate for, to them on a, on a long-term basis like obviously when they come out everyone plays them yeah. but looking back at them the, the the love isn't there compared to previous ones so they kind of have to try something like this yeah uh, i do like that they close off the storyline as well um with like very little movement for possible DLC. Uh, last thing we need is they'll like, find a way. They'll find a way. <laughs> the last thing we need is the main storyline. Well, the main games to start becoming a live service. It'll be called Joshua's Rebirth, Phoenix Dawn, or something like that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. just look at all the stuff that stemmed from like Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, like, you could honestly get lost in like, but- the expanded story. If they wanted to, they could easily do a prequel in regards to the time between when the demo finished and when the main game starts. And that's what eight yeah. years, something like that. They could be like, "Oh, let's cover that," or "Let's let's do a story about what Joshua did throughout that twelve years that didn't see, or thirteen years that didn't yeah, see." Yeah, that's true. But the way they wrapped up the story, I found I thought I was quite satisfied with how it ended. So I'm not really going to have that desire to find out. Um, go back over everything yeah i agree i agree for me especially when it comes i actually don't do most of the side games or the downloadable content because i i like the main story finish it be happy with it or not depending on how it ends and move on to the next one because i don't have time to play a million games and so yeah you know 36 with a kid i so i i need i need you know i play this move to the next one yeah yeah, is that the way they're going is probably favorable for our schedules as well. We don't have the 100 hours to go explore. Yeah, uh, that's another thing. Map. Yeah, you're right. And that's another thing. This game took 40, 45 hours to finish or whatever the case is compared to, you know, even 15, I think I played like 90 hours, you know, 
seven, eight, nine, I've probably between and 10, sorry, between the four of them, I've probably spent more than 2000 hours all up or something. So yeah, I definitely don't want to spend. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've uh, had a pretty solid dive into the game, uh, covered major talking points. Uh, it's good to see that we both didn't hate it. Um, because there was a period in time where I thought I was going to write this game off uh, the same way I gave up on Final Fantasy 15. So pleasantly surprised. <laughs> 15 uh, so, wasn't that bad. Was that, sorry? 15 wasn't that bad. Oh, I just, I couldn't get my hooks into it. Like, I wasn't invested in it, which gave me very little drive to continue playing it. I don't know if that's a pun because, you know, you spent half the day, half the game. In time. a car. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah. All right. That will leave us wrapped up for another week. Um, yes. Even though it's been longer than a week since my last episode, I've got to jump into more games so I can get some more content out. But thank you, Yoni, for hanging out today on something not football related. Thank you for having me. Uh, if you don't already, check out the Football Down Under podcast. We are on Spotify, Apple, looking to make a push for YouTube as well in the very near future. Uh, pop a follow, come listen to us argue. and <laughs> Yes, if you like <laughs> arguments, that yeah. is podcast for you. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, give us a like on that. If you're here listening now leave a five-star review whether you're on spotify or apple it's greatly appreciated hit up the email uh xp weekend podcast at gmail.com let me know what you've played this coming weekend or in the month and a half we've had off i will get back to responding emails after this episode but until next time look after each other stay safe and goodbye